0: This might be some beautiful news for you. You do not need to focus on fixing yourself. Just focus on living from your heart. And then anything that's not in alignment with that light, with that higher vibration, with that genius, it's just going to fall away. Welcome to my podcast. This is With Love, Danielle. Hello, my loves big topic today big week this week this is the launch week this is the week that my book how to be loving when your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up it ships so if you order it Today, tonight, tomorrow, this week, uh, some sweet elf is going to be putting it in the shipping parcel for you and you will be holding it in your hands probably within about seven days wherever you love to purchase your books online and we love to support independent book retailers, brick and mortar or virtual. Desiring hire. (laughs) This is a juicy one because... I mean, desire is a monumental topic for all of us. All creativity is propelled by a desire to make something new, to get out of the negative, move into the positive, to build the building, to make the connection. But also, I built my career on desire. My few books ago was The Desire Map. Worked for lots and lots of people, Meaning the question, the core question of desire mapping was, how do I want to feel? And I was really amazed to find out that a lot of people have never asked themselves that, that we've been so programmed and inculcated into just thinking our way, into striving our way through this pre-laid path. That is not a path that gets us closer to our soul, which is where all the power is. Everything we long for is in the relationship between us and our soul, us letting that soul light pour in. Anyway, desire. So the question for me evolved into, what do I want to embody? And how that happened was I realized that, as I've spoken about before, I could be having a bad day. I could be in the darkest place. I could not be feeling anywhere close to how I wanted to feel. And yet, I still felt a sense of purpose. I still felt useful. I was still totally capable and able of being loving and compassionate and forgiving, even if I was in my own personal rough patch. And it became clear to me that it was more about a state of consciousness. And the more expanded our consciousness gets, the wider your mind opens up. You realize that you've got all this love as your core, your central foundation, and you start to make way for higher frequency energies like love and forgiving and compassion and resilience and radiance and loving kindness right so then that brings us round to the question of like so what do we do with our desires and i've been through this (laughs) inside out upside down i have punished myself with my uh regret you could say my shame that's the word i'm looking for the shame i had around well really being human that's messed up uh but around particular desires that I held, around desires that I held so tightly, around desires that I held for so long and would not let go of, wasn't feeling very enlightened with a lot of those dances. And I've lived with the question for a long time, in addition to how do I want to feel and what do I want to embody, uh, the question around desirelessness. And that's where we're really going to begin today. So according to some Buddhist principles, the spiritual aim is to exist in a state of desirelessness, like zero degrees of desire. I know, it sounds impossible, because it is impossible. But the aim is to be so unified with the infinite that we want for nothing. That we are perpetually... Present. And when you are in the present, you don't need much. You're good right now, right? Right? Right this second, this microsecond, right? Then, 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 now, you're good, right? What do you need? Then, 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 now, 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 nothing. You're being breathed. And that micro, nano, second moment, maybe you can extend that even for the duration of this conversation. You have everything you need. When you're present, and the practice is to really continuously build on that presence and realize that you got it, you got it. I mean, when you <laughs> realize that the universe exists within inside you, uh, like you know, what's more to want? So, can you desire to be desireless? Like you can see the irony in that, right? So I think eventually, even the aim for enlightenment and to be more loving, more conscious, even that desire that has to fall away in this case. And I think when you let go of wanting to be more of anything, <laughs> more uh, in love, more supplied, more attractive, more anything, anything. I think what you're left with when you let those desires for more melt is you're empty-handed and you're open-handed at the same time. Your mind is empty of the striving and you realize that your heart is full. And with that, full-heartedness that open-handedness then you've really got something to give to life you know giving and receiving and you're aware that the divine will of heaven of creation is also your will you want for yourself what the big life wants for you and that brings me to uh the christian prayer the lord's prayer There's a beautiful line where, you know, our Father who art in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will being the infinite. You knowing, being, embodying that energy of belovedness. Don't you want for yourself what creation wants for you? which is vitality, to be ever-generating, endless creativity, to be able to bounce back, go deeper, to know your true nature. Yeah. Okay. So back to desire, because this is still a conversation about desire. Any way you cut it, like, do you desire to know that you are the beloved of the universe? Do you desire enlightenment? Do you desire simplicity? Okay. Desire is part of the human experience. If you have a thinking mind, and we all have thinking minds, desirelessness is going to be impossible. I have had this conversation. I've been having this conversation for about 20 years now. I have talked to Buddhist lamas. I have talked to rabbis. I have talked to unity ministers. I have talked to guys on the street, one in particular, this beautiful Man living homelessly in uh, San Francisco. Really thought he was like this bodhisattva in disguise. Had this conversation. Can you be without desire? We all agree, at least the people I have talked to, that the spiritual aim is not necessarily about being free of desire. So it's beautiful. Yes, we green light that... We should all have spiritual aims, but let's refine it. Can you let go of your desires? No. Uh, Let me give you a teaching here from Sri Swami Satyananda, who says, Is it possible to be desireless? No, actually, it is not possible. As long as the mind is there, its duty is to desire. The secret is that any desire without personal or selfish motive will never bind you. That's it. That's why we're here to talk about higher desire. You're going to have it, but let's bring it up, up to love. So we're going to desire, and that is that. But perhaps we should try to desire higher. So by higher, I mean a wanting, an aspiration for more healing experiences, for a more... Inclusive life. And by inclusive, I mean your light is in and your shadow is in, and their light and their shadow is in. So, higher desire is not about aiming at the target of what you want and not stopping until you get it. That's not higher desire. That's relentlessness. A heart centered approach to desire is about being open to your soul's guidance. And what are you asking your soul's guidance to direct you to? What's best for you? A heart-centered approach to desire is about being open to your soul's guidance about what's best for you and for all beings, since we're all interconnected, you, me, we. So with this perspective, dare I say, like it's a truth, a little truth, I'll give it a small t truth, then desire becomes much less motivational. You know, it's not do exactly this and get exactly that. Desire, higher desire, heart-centered desire is entirely aspirational. It says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of my soul, may that pour through me, and may I be that light here, on the ground, in this meeting, in this kitchen, on this podcast, on this day. So this is really good news, actually, because I think it goes without saying that our fulfillment has everything to do with our desires. Our fulfillment is predicated on the content of our desires, of what we're going for. So higher desire, heart-centered desire is a focus on higher vibration states of being. Higher desire is about wanting to embody, there's that word again, embody higher frequency energies, which are virtues. Virtues only come from the heart. So it's about embodying virtues rather than a worldly, meaning like this dimension, this life that we're in, the societal game. It's not about worldly getting. Embodying the higher versus achieving in the lower. You know what I mean? And (laughs) higher desire includes focusing on the benefit of all beings. It's not just about... Checking off what's on our bucket list. I'm going to talk about goals in this conversation. I'll I'll just give you the spoiler alert right now. I'm like really not into them, but I'm going to tell you why. We focus on the benefit of all beings. That includes the animals. And we go about manifesting with a very fierce gentleness. So there's no grasping. There's just this deep dedication. That's the fierceness a deep dedication to loving kindness for ourselves and everybody. If you've been in my orbit for a while, you've probably heard me talk about the age of Aquarius and this new era that we're in. These eras go in cycles of 2,000 years at a time, give or take. And this era is also known as the golden age that we are moving into. We have officially begun this monumental passage of change for humanity. And I think we're starting it off with an extended detox. It's like we're clearing the slate before we can build fresh. I think what's happening is the collective shadow is surfacing so that it can be seen and it can be healed. That's why things are feeling pretty rough and looking pretty dark right now. It's uh, my experiences. It's like, it's so narrowing. I feel like this compression in my own being, in my own life, stuff I haven't looked at before is getting looked at now. The more expanded I feel, the more gentle, the more um, bright in terms of my energy, the more I can see what I've been keeping in the basement of my psyche. So counterintuitive, right? You think the more loving you are, the sweeter it's all going to get. But the answer is both. It gets sweeter and it gets more gnarly. But ultimately, it all gets more easy to meet. What we're in is, depending how you look at it, and you can look at it any way you choose, it is exhilarating, and it's exhausting, but ultimately it's expanding. We're getting where we need to go. And I think every one of us has their own load to bear. Nobody is going to get through this without some kind of sacrifice. And every single one of us has gifts to bring to the transformation that's going on in the planet right now, everybody. The visual I often get is that we have to throw things overboard so that we can make it through this passage. I, I see us like we're on these rapids. We're getting cleansed. Things are getting purged. Things are getting knocked about. There's a lot of upheaval. You can feel this in our lives on a micro level, see it on a macro level. And to get through this more gracefully. We've got to th- throw things over the boat. We've got to lighten our load. It's like, it's the, it's a big heave-ho time. And I think what we need to heave-ho is our opinions and our grievances. I think we need to toss over heaps of materialism, an endless amount of ambitions that are just self-centered, ambitions on behalf of the collective, beautiful, we need more of those. But you know, the self-centered quarterly objectives and life plans, they're just not appropriate anymore. They are not gonna work in a world that is really in need of group love and group determination, emphasis on group, collective. So for my part, and the planetary tribulation and unfolding, I thought it would be a great time to have an existential crisis <laughs> and a yard sale. Uh, I began a couple years ago, I've talked about this in, in some of these episodes, where I really started thinking about my mortality. And at the same time, I was really assessing my eco-unfriendly habits. I gave up pedicures i stopped dyeing my hair and you know none of that was much of a hardship actually create a lot of free time in my life um but then i had to contemplate the stuff with more gravitas and i became obsessed with considering my death and i was driven by this question of like what would i have to do to prepare to die free and clear conscience good plate clean I was clear that there were some people that I needed to forgive there were some people that I needed to ask forgiveness of there were some love letters that I needed to write Uh, there was a list of like possessions of things I wanted to give away to friends that you know the things that my friends had coveted you know it's like I'm gonna die someday might be 40 years from now but I know you always wanted this sweater so you can just have it now It's worth noting that as I prepared to live freer and to die with a cleaner conscience, in no way did I feel compelled to lose more weight or to work more hours or to go shopping. I really moved into a thy will be done passage, you could say. So, As the story goes, after a lot of contemplation and consideration walks around the lake and journaling and meditating and thinking about it, I decided to just really have a conversation with God about all this. And one Saturday afternoon, after some really furious and prayerful dancing to Florence and the Machine, I told God that I was finally... (laughs) finally going to hand my life over. And I got down on my knees, like for real, on my shag carpet, and the conversation went something like this. God, hello, it's me. I know we're shifting from a my will be done to a thy will be done kind of, business model i get it and i'm a little bit terrified because as you know i have a deep-seated fear that your will is to punish me and that's actually my catholic hangover and i'm working that out i'm gonna take responsibility for all of that but here goes i'm giving my desires over to you i'm giving my desires over to you So, take my life if you need it. If I am meant to die in the near future, then so be it. If my son's path is to lose me, then I will support him from the other side. Thy will be done. And take my career. If you think it's best for me to walk away from my profession. I am willing to radically simplify. I can disappear and still get by. Social media is a circus anyway. Thy will be done. And if it's my calling to be like an urban monk without a romantic partner, then okay. I can source my joy solo. I'm up for it. Thy will be done. And then I offered up the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. And I offered it all up that day, like for real. I thought I was going to feel terrified, because I'd you know, mapped out this conversation, had to really be ready for it. It was ceremonial for me. But I wasn't terrified. I was just calm once I really offered it up to the infinite. I had reconciled with the possibility of dying and the fact that I could leave my teenage son devastated and uh, rudderless, although he's he's quite wise, I know he'd find his way, and he does have a great dad and a support system, but still, I left it up to God, knowing that all of us, every single one of us, even my son, we each have our own path, and there's always some sorrow, and... The highest expression of sorrow is that it remakes us into devotees of life itself. Loss helps us dedicate to life. And then, in terms of career, you know, and here I am right now on this podcast, careering. I thought, you know, if my business needs to tank, fine, okay, whatever. I'm resourceful. I subsisted on mac and cheese for most of my 20s. I'm sure I could do it again. Uh, they have a gluten free version now. And then, in terms of romance and partnership, after years, and I mean years of pining for my king, and I'm going to do a whole podcast talking about my perspectives on the king and the queen and everybody looking for the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and, and how dangerous and beautiful that can be. But anyway, you just wait for that one. Um, I had to surrender that. I was solid on my own and full of joy. And there was so much happiness that was like coursing through my life. I was good. And I actually felt relief. That was another thing, you know, in my premeditation of offering it all up to God. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to feel so choked after I give my (laughs) desire for a beloved over to God and then maybe surrender to like being a nun in East Vancouver for the rest of my life, you know. But it didn't feel gross and empty afterwards. I felt relieved. I was relieved that I didn't have to be scouting for the one, you know, in every cafe or airport. And he goes, could that be him? I mean, really. I used to walk through the world just thinking, could that be him? I just, like, put my hair up in a top knot, and now I could relax. None or not. And... I took that season. It was a summer when I went through my Thy Will Be Done ceremony. I cleaned up some of my affairs. (laughs) I had some really exquisite conversations. I deleted all my dating apps. There were a few. I had a great bio. And I just kind of rolled around like a kitten on a new shag carpet. Uh, This feeling of spaciousness in my life. Like it was really one of the most uh, satisfying exhales of all my decades. I had really let so much go. And the relief was really amazing and invigorating. I was just touching on that zone of desirelessness. You know where this goes, do you? same desires grew back I couldn't deny them but something was different this time instead of those desires feeling like weeds in my garden of spirituality they felt more like flowers they felt like um, gifts you know blessings so (laughs) I got back on my knees on the shag carpet one Saturday afternoon. And I spoke from the same depth, the center of my heart, the cave of my heart, as some mystics call it. And I took a risk on myself. I really think this was my my walk into becoming really the mother of my own life this was the most self agency that i have ever exercised and i laid it out for god and i said basically hi it's me um just coming back we're going to do a little redo on this conversation i trust my humanity and i trust my holiness Can we please work together? I want to work together on my life, on my love, on my happiness. And I had decided over that summer that I actually wanted to live, willing to let it go, but I wanted to live more than ever. Uh, You know, I've had this kind of plaguing feeling for most of my life that I really didn't want to be on earth. And it was not like a suicidal thing. It was just, I always thought there was another better game in the galaxy, and I was going to go find that. I used to just declare, like, this is my last life here. I am moving back to Venus after this ride. And, you know, and then there's the condition of the planet, which is not great. Let's get real. The light is brighter than ever, but this is a Babylon ride. I decided that I love it. That I well, not that I love the Babylon, right? I decided that I love life, and I take my I was going to say I take my chosen assignment, but I chose to be here. It's co-assigned, but I'm in. So whatever is unfolding on the planet, I'm up for it. I'm just going to do it. I'm here for it. And then, in terms of my vocation, hello with Love Danielle podcast. Like, why would I not want to do what life built me to do? I'm made to do just this. And uh, all my joy is in my creativity. And it just so happens that where one's joy is, they are most useful. So, yeah, then I got to writing my new book, How to be Loving, which, by the way, is officially shipping this particular week. And I would love, love, love for you to really get into it. Don't wait. Get it this week, would you? Because it really helps us with bestseller lists and all these. The birth of a book is really important. It's got to be like a pow, not like a, oh, I'll order it next week. It's like today. Okay. All right. All right. So as for the romance, I know you know where this is going, because this is how it happens. You let go, and hello. So I said to God, like, I'm going to gamble on myself. Maybe this isn't very enlightened. Maybe maybe I'm not meant to be as spiritual as I thought I was going to be this lifetime. Maybe I'm going to have to love myself anyway, because my heart is still saying, even after the big let go, that partnership is my way, that I am built for this. I'm built for life. I am built for communication. I think I'm built for partnership. And I reinstalled one dating app in the brunch the following weekend, turned out to be the love of my life. Um, so the desires returned. But the associations around the desires had shifted. I think what I had done in a more metaphysical way was, you know, and this is years in the making, really taken all that creativity that lives in the root of us, you can take that very literally too, like the base chakra, that willfulness, the creativity, sexuality, ambition, willpower, And I aligned all of that with love. I'm going to stay on the planet. I'm going to keep working. And I'm going to get it on, all for the sake of the heart. So after the really sincere letting go of what I wanted, what dislodged was the striving energy attached to those desires and what was left were those desires but they were now sitting in my heart unencumbered so I have some questions for you what desires free you isn't that a beautiful consideration so contemplate what it is that you are Desiring, wanting, wishing for, aspiring to. And what of those, which of those are weighing you down, feel like distractions, feel like they're coming from a proving place? And what or which of those desires expand you, move you closer to your heart, to your soul, to your loving nature, to... God of your understanding. Then I have another question, of course. How can your fulfillment benefit others? How can your fulfillment benefit others? So even if it's about getting the car that you want, or the new job promotion, how does you, having what you want, help make the lives of other people easier? Yeah, maybe you're just gonna give someone a ride. (laughs) Maybe you've got more corporate power to do better things for the planet. Yeah. And if your current desires aren't benefiting others, how could they be shifted, expanded, sweetened to really uplift the collective? Last question. Might not be my last, might more might come to me. Are you willing? Are you willing to let go of some of your desires? Like, can you do it? Can you get down on your shag carpet, your hardwood floors, the concrete, sweaty palms? Get yourself all worked up and as scared as I was and give it a go at letting go. And you can do it as an experiment. I mean, I highly encourage you To like experiment first. What would it be like if I let this go? Okay, I'm going to let it go for seven days. I'm not going to wish for it. I'm going to feel what my consciousness would be like with the absence of that desire. Or you could say with more love in my mind. Because that's what happens when we let go of desires. We've got room to build more connection with the divine. Are you willing to let go of some desires, to see what lives already in your heart. Okay, so I promised that I would talk about goal setting. I don't have much to say about goals other than that. I think they're ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm laughing, but I'm not kidding. So let me unpack that. Let's start with the state of the world. How do you set goals when the world is... Pretty much falling apart. Why would you bother? I mean, the world is falling apart, <laughs> which is a necessary, good, beautiful thing that is getting us somewhere necessary and good. Um, but given that so much disruption and upheaval is happening, like who cares if you hit your quarterly objectives or you lose ten pounds by the new year, right? Like does it matter? Not really. We have bigger things to embrace, to meet. I've set goals. I have set massive goals. I've set micro goals. I still have goals, of course. Uh, I've exceeded some of those goals. I have failed at plenty, plenty. Uh, Here's my bottom line. One of my bottom lines with goals right now. Reaching my goals or flopping at my goals did not necessarily make me a more enlightened or loving person. More experienced? Totally. More stressed out? Definitely. More self critical? uh, For sure. This is what I know about myself now. The fact is, I am going to do my best no matter what. No matter, no matter. If there's a metric or a finish line, I'm going to show up with all I've got on any given day. I don't need the carrot. So some days my best is interstellar awesome. And some days my best like totally sucks. I am so subpar. But my best is what I am giving on any given day because I am a human being who is doing her best. You are a human being who is doing their best. And sometimes it's really hard to do your best. And sometimes best is like butter. But I have discovered that I am at my best without goals. And you know what? Here's something to consider. The divine plan is going to unfold how it's going to unfold. Yes, our vision influences it, but I don't think the creative principle of the universe requires metrics or motivational incentives to do what it's going to do. And yes, goals can be fun and they can be useful for sure. So like, go ahead, have goals, even to have like really super juicy, audacious goals. I have a couple of those myself. Go buy my book. Um, Cash flows. Good to have. They are smart business. Racing your personal best. Yes, extremely satisfying. But you know what? It's all just data and you are not your data. And you are not your achievements. And life is not a race. So, are you confused? Have I confused you? Should you set goals or not set goals? I think if we set goals, we need to be very mindful about the driving force behind the goal. Because I've been saying this for years. I've been saying it with Desire Map. And, you know, here I am with How to Be Loving. Do or die goals. You're going to do or die by them. They're going to kill your spirit. But I do have a useful tactic for everybody. This is going to work for both the the really intense chronic goal crushers. Uh, hi, I love you. As well as those of us who are just kind of like going with the flow. If you need to light a fire under your ass, going to work. If your heart is already fully ablaze, this is going to work. What is it? Vision. Or aspiration, you can use those terms interchangeably. Aspiration or vision are very different kinds of energy than the energy that's inside most goal setting. So vision springs from your heart center, from your higher knowing, from your love. You aspire because your heart, not your head, is directing you. Your love, not your ego. You know, goals can be a very slippery ego slope because the intellect, the mind loves measurables and the ego loves to have things to be proud of, right? But the heart, you know, your deep knowing. It just sees through all of that. I've always loved the biblical quote from Proverbs. It's chapter 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. you think Proverbs is saying you better get yourself some goals, but I don't think they're talking about goals. I think this is about vision. Having a vision is essential to creating. Vision is how we stay on our path of love, our path of love that leads to just more loving, right? I think vision is the difference between falling for old social programming Versus creating a life that is lit up from the inside out, that is soul-directed. You are tuning into universal wisdom instead of ridiculous objectives, you know. So aspiration, a vision, it looks upward. So it's always referring to love, to source, to creativity, to the higher to take its cues so I have a little prayer for you I think this is what vision says dear infinity I am devoted I am here to serve and I am not without fear I am not without blind spots but I am earnest and I am willing so please light the way or I have this more to-the-point prayer. Hello, soul. Show me what to want. Show me what to want. All right, my loves. Since this is the launch week of How to Be Loving, I have an extra ray of light for you, a sweet little practice that I call May All Be So Blessed. So, if you head to the website, if you go to daniellelaporte.com slash lovenotes, you'll see a printout of this practice. Also, I am doing a beautiful Come to Church with Danielle event on Sunday, October 16th. Leanne Rhymes is going to be singing. One of my favorite bands, Beautiful Chorus for Gorgeous Songbirds are going to be offering us their gift in song and I am going to be throwing down on how to be loving. If you go to danielleport.com slash how to be loving, let us know with your receipt number that you have purchased the book or number of books from whatever retailer you love and we'll get you your online ticket to church with D for Sunday, October 16th. It's going to be so beautiful. Also, also because we love our gifts When you order How to Be Loving, I am going to give you a loving reminder in the form of an audio. So think of me like 30 seconds, 2 minutes, every Sunday showing up in your inbox every Sunday for a year. All right, here's the practice I want to offer. So I think one of the most simple and powerful prayers that we can say is this. May all be so blessed. May all be so blessed. So think right now about what you're grateful for. Anything. could be your prosperity, your relationship, straight teeth, (laughs) clean drinking water, the sun, the day. You feel the happiness, the sweetness that's woven into that gratitude. Now, can you wish for everyone to have that same reason to be grateful. May all be so blessed. So you name your blessing or you name your gratitude and then you wish it upon all beings. I think this is just like the sweetest, most powerful micro practice that you can bring with you everywhere, all the time, throughout the day. May all be so blessed. Thank you for this meal. May it nourish me. May all be so blessed. I'm so thankful for reliable transportation. May all be so blessed. I'm better than ever. May all be so blessed. I'm so grateful for clean drinking water. May all be so blessed. Vitamins, thank you for supporting me. May all be so blessed. I made a full recovery. May all be so blessed. We're so deeply in love. May all be so blessed. We're safe and we're sound. May all be so blessed. The sunlight, this walk, money to pay my expanses, these hugs that heal me, may all be so blessed. Food from my garden, may all be so blessed. Food at all, dinner on the table, thank you, may all be so blessed. I have it so good in so many ways. May all be so blessed. I feel so blessed to have you here. Sending all my love. Please head to daniellelaporte.com slash loving for when your heart is breaking open and our world, you know what? Our world is waking up. May all be so blessed. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.